welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Everyone say Sarah. It's just so I can have a drink. Now, I don't know about you, and again, you may not have much of a Bible background, but when I think of Sarah, I always think of a woman of enduring faith. See, now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You see, to me, Sarah's faith was enduring. Enduring means it was permanent, it's lasting, it's long-suffering, because Sarah was barren, which meant that Sarah actually couldn't have children. Again, I love when we're first introduced to Sarah in the Bible in Genesis chapter 11, it talks about um, it's going through the lineage of after the flood, there's Noah and his sons, and it's just going through the lineage. And he talks, and we hear about Abram and his wife, and Abram's brother and his wife. And it just says, uh, I think her name's Milza, whatever, and Abraham and his wife Sarah. And then it says this one sentence She was barren and had no children. And I thought, can you imagine being introduced? as, here's my wife, Sarah, she's barren, she's got no kids. I mean, I've been introduced as Tony's wife. I've been introduced as Mitchell, Jordan, Bailey's mum. I've been introduced as Barb's daughter. Not this Barb. (laughs) My mum, Barb. Jeff's daughter. uh, Natalie's sister. Donna's friend. But imagine being introduced as Sarah, she is barren. And so this is a stigma and this is, just gives us an insight into the picture and the lifetime and probably just the thought pattern and the, what she lived under in terms of in her time. Like her, our first introduction to her is about her barrenness. Not she's great and she's doing this and she's getting on well and she's going for it. It's like she's barren. And the problem is she's not only barren, she's been barren for a long time. She desperately wanted a child and she waited. Now get this. 25 years from when she was first promised by God that she would have a child. Now, 25 years, she was 65, which means who here is married and about 21? (laughs) Great. Okay. So sometime between now and 65, Matt and Candice are going to decide that they want to start a family. So what I'm getting, trying to get you to see is now 65 is when she gets the promise of the son is coming. But she's had since, now again, we don't know when she's married, but I just wanted to use a living example. She's had since she's 21 that she's been trying. So we're talking a long time. We're talking about an enduring faith. We're talking about a faith that is long-suffering, but lasts and persists to the end because we're going to look at her life and realize, actually, you know what? She received that promise. Alrighty, so she desperately wanted a child. And what I love about Sarah is that during that time she had the assurance and she had the confidence that God was faithful to do that which he'd promised. She had a conviction about the reality despite the evidence in her life, which we've already said is, let's just say from 21 to 90 when she actually had Isaac. What's that? 89? 79? 69. <laughs> Whatever. See, I didn't do well at mess. She had the evidence in her life that that was not happening. She had the experience. Can you imagine? Some of you here, we've walked a road with you in trying to have children every month. 
when your period came, just going, you know what, there's another month gone that, that I have not seen that for. So she's got the experience of her life and the circumstances of her life. And yet she held on to that conviction during all those ups and downs. And I don't know about you, but I want to be able to have a faith like that. I want to be able to have an assurance and a confidence, a steely determination, a hope for what I cannot see right now. Not my, it's not my present reality, but a belief that it will happen, that despite the ups and despite the downs, that I can stand there and know that, you know what, this is going to happen for me. I want a faith like that, that de- despite what comes, I'm certain and assured. And I believe that faith is what faith does. James 2.18 says, I will show you my faith by what I do. So we're going to look at Sarah's life and we're going to see what she did to develop her enduring faith. Now, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 9. If you don't, you can just listen along. I've got the Amplified, which was a dumb move because we're struck for time. Should have gone for the quicker version. No, no, the Amplified's fine. Amplified's a woman's Bible because it uses too many words. So... So I'm going to read it to you, and uh, you can listen along or follow in yours. So Genesis chapter 12, it says, Now in Haran the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favours, and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you and curse him who curses or uses insolent language towards you. In you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed and by you they will bless themselves. So Abraham departed as the Lord had directed him and Lot his nephew with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions and that they had gathered and the persons the persons servants and that they had acquired in Haran and they went forth to go to the land of Canaan when they came to the land of Canaan Abram passed through the land to the locality of Shechem to the oak or terebinth tree of Moreh and the Canaanite was then in the land then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said I will give you this land to your posterity so Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him from there he pulled up his tent pegs and departed to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Abraham journeyed on, still going towards the south. Now what I want to quickly highlight to you tonight is not an exhaustive study. These are just things that when I read through and it start, like I said, Sarah's introduced to us in Genesis chapter 11. We've just read part of Genesis 12. I, I just want to encourage you, in your spare time, just go and read it. It did me good just to sit this last week, just reading through it again and just watching because it goes through to Genesis 18 when we actually see the fulfillment of the promise. I want to encourage you, just read through Sarah's life. These are just things that I quickly, I felt, drop into me and think wow that I think that's a great key but I want to encourage you don't just take my word for it you go and do your own study and look and go actually you know what because I'd love it if you came to me and said and what about this one and what about this and what about and I think that's how God wants his daughters to be to be able to hear that but then say actually this is what I felt him say to me all right so this is just what speaks to me so what did Sarah do 
The first key I feel when we're talking about faith is what faith does. How do I get that type of faith of um, being sure of what I hope for and certain of what I don't see, but how do I get that so that it carries me through the end despite the circumstances? Is the first thing I noticed that Sarah did is she followed. In verse 5, it just says, Abraham's had the word from God. And the next thing we hear is, in verse 5, Abraham took Sarah, his wife, Lot, his brother's son, all their possessions that they'd gathered, and then that he had acquired, and they went to the land of Canaan. Sarah just simply followed. I don't know about you, but if your husband came home, if my husband just came home and said, oh, by the way, I've heard this and we're off tomorrow, I think I'd eventually go. I don't know how soon it would take me to have that same thing. And yet we're talking about how do we have that faith that says, hey, you know what, I'm in this, this uh, that thing that's been promised for me, I want to be around to receive it. And the way I'm going to do that is I need to follow. Sarah was a great example of what it means to follow. And I just think when you look around in today's society, we're actually not really good followers. We've developed this mindset and this concept that, actually, you know what, we're all leaders and in our own right and we, we're masters of our own destiny. And while there's an element of truth to that, at the end of the day, it's, it's about, you know what, I need to be submitted to some form of authority. We've got police, we've got um, prison guards, if you actually don't listen to the police. There are all sorts of authority structures that are in society today that are actually there for our protection. And they're there because, you know what, if we live out to the nth this innate nature of us that says I am my own person, I can do what I like we, we've got to remember that my, my actions have consequences and sometimes they're negative consequences for those around me and so we have to look at it and go, you know what, if I want to be a woman of enduring faith, I need to actually be a follower now for all of you who are sitting there and going, because again, I've got children and I'm trying to teach my kids, you know what if you're going to, I'd rather my kids be leaders I would much rather have to deal with Mitchell that he led people into trouble than he followed people into trouble. All right? I think I can work with that. But, you know, you might sit there and go, well, yeah, well, I've heard you say that before, so, yeah, I'm a leader. But you have to understand we're all followers. Even Paul says that you follow my example as I follow Christ. So while you may be a leader in a certain sphere, your leadership and your authority only comes from your followership. And so that authority comes, you may, if again, if you know the Bible, there's a story of the centurion when he goes and he asks Jesus to come and heal his son and Jesus is going to come with him and he says, no, don't come, just say. And Jesus is oh, a man of such faith I've never seen. And he just says, look, I'm a man under authority. I work within the army. I've got soldiers under me. I say to them, go, they go. Why do they go? Because of the authority I have. So understanding that, you know what, I want to have authority over people's life. I want to have authority in faith. I need to be a follower. Sarah was a follower and here's the crux because you might go I've got that down pat I follow the latest trends I follow the latest diet fads and you know I follow the latest opinions you know it wasn't like Sarah's nephew came lot and said hey auntie we're going here because I've heard God say it was it's, it's talking about right authority this was her husband who came home and said this is what God says and then Sarah submitted to that now I know in today's society we start talking about submission the s word that the hairs on the back of our necks stand up because it has been abused. But just because man has abused it doesn't mean it's not a godly principle. And when you look through Ephesians in the Bible, it talks about the fact that um, marriage, husband and wife, a wife submitting to her husband is similar and it's a picture of Christ and the church. 
And so that's saying that, you know what, as a wife, I submit to my husband because he's the head over me, just like Jesus is the head over the church. It's a picture and a type. And you may be sitting here today and you've suffered at the hands of men. For that, we are really sorry and we want to be able to walk with you and work for you. But I still have to say to you today that we need to be followers. Your example and your experience may fly in the face of that, but just because that's what our experience is doesn't mean that that's not truth. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if we're talking about how can we be women of enduring faith, then we actually need to be followers and not just followers of anything, but followers of authority. Now for us as believers, then it's followers of Jesus Christ himself. And that's expressed through, follow, if you've got a godly husband, for a submission and following your husband, leadership, maybe you're in connect groups and following your connect group, um, pastors, church leaders, youth leaders, whatever, that's the form of authority. That's what we're talking about, following in. Now you may say, but what if he's an idiot? Well, you know what? Again, you submit in as much as they are submitted to Christ. So if they're asking you to do something that totally goes against what Scripture says, what the conviction of the Holy Spirit, what your teaching teaches you, then no. Again, common sense, but the principle is the heart is deceitfully wicked and we will disguise anything as being, well, that's not godly and that's this and that's that, when actually sometimes, you know what, that is God saying, no, girlfriend, that is what I'm saying, that is my word, that is what I'm asking you to do. So we need to be followers. And just quickly... I just thought of three things. We're talking about what does followership require? One, it requires obedience. You know, I'm sure Sarah probably didn't really like that suggestion. Mind you, it wasn't a suggestion, I don't think, from Abram. I think if she'd even questioned it, he would have told her, I'm not suggesting, honey. I'm telling you we're leaving. But uh, following requires obedience. She may have had reservations, fears, doubts. She may have even voiced them. But what I love about it is the fact that she was obedient and she went. Because that's all it says in verse 5, she went. And I just want to encourage you, start doing what you know you should be doing. Start being obedient. We all know those areas that God's trying to highlight to us, those areas he's wanting us to follow him in. And I just want to encourage you, be obedient. Just go, you know what, God? I might not like it, I might not understand it, but I'm going to be obedient to you tonight. The second key when talking about following is leaving. You can't follow unless you leave. It just doesn't work. It's like, I'll follow you, but my feet aren't moving. And I love the fact that actually, you know what? Sarah left her family, her friends, her home, and what she knew. And maybe for you, in terms of we're talking about how do I develop that faith that is sustaining, that uh, is long-suffering, that's going to make it through to the end, you might have to leave some things behind. That doesn't necessarily mean family and friends, or it could be, and maybe you would like that. But... (laughs) I think more importantly, it's talking about old practices, old ways of thinking, but I've always done it that way. This is how I do it. We have to leave some things. If we're talking about true followership, we're going to have to leave some things behind. And thirdly, we're talking about keys for following. It's going to require sacrifice. Do you know that Sarah's name means princess? And back in those days, names meant lots. And I know there are some of you here who names mean everything. So I have to, our oldest daughter's Jordan. So everyone says, what does that mean? Uh, she descended, because that's what it means, descended. And I went, well, literally she did. <laughs> she descended. But names meant a lot. So when they called her princess, and you have to know, and we'll get into it later, Sarah was actually very beautiful. But I also think, just based on what I'm, I've looked in some of the um, studies, I think she was very um, 
well-to-do. I think she came from a well-to-do family. So she wasn't only princess in beauty. I think she was a little bit princessy in personality. Not that she was a literal princess, but um, archaeologists' ev- evacuation, evacuation, excavations of Sarah's hometown of Ur showed that the average, now listen, the average middle-class person had a house from 10 to 20 rooms. The lower floor, now this is average middle-class, the lower floor was for servants, the upper floor for the family with five rooms for their use. Additionally, there was a guest chamber and a toilet reserved for visitors and a private chapel. That's the average lower class. That's, this is where Sarah came from. I think to give that up, to live in a tent and wander through the desert, that's a bit of a sacrifice. <laughs> I think so. Oh, excuse me. Sarah left that to live in a tent and move around in a harsh way. You know what? You may not have to leave your house. No, you might go, well, my house isn't even half of that. It doesn't really matter. You've got a roof over your head, walls on the side, windows, air conditioning, heating. And if you haven't got air conditioning, you've got a window. We may have to sacrifice some things if we're truly going to follow through and develop this enduring faith. It could be time, could be money, could be comfort. I'm not sure what it may be for you, and each of us are going to walk our own journey, but there will be require some sacrifice. But the sacrifice you pay, the things you're going to give up, are going to develop in you that enduring faith, that faith that is long-suffering. I don't know what you're facing tonight, whether it's um, relationship breakdown, whether it's healing you've been after, whether it's... Um, Kids that have been just off the rails you're hoping to come through, whether that's that job, that study, the result, I'm not sure. And in a room like this, there's a myriad of desires that we have and hopes and dreams and promises we're looking for. But the key to enduring faith, to see you get through to where you need to be for God to be able to come and bless you, is followership. The second thing is, I've got two minutes, cool, is uh, Sarah moved forward. So we talked about she followed, she moved forward. To have an enduring faith, we need to keep moving forward. That's why I continued to read, because it just says that she went to Canaan, she went to Negev, and then finally they went to Egypt. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure some of those places must have been better than others. Some of those places, I'm sure she just did not want to leave. Next time Abraham said, come on, honey, it's time to go, time to pack up the tent and let's move. I'm sure they'd be like, oh, do we have to? And I'm sure on the, the flip side, there was probably some of those like, I couldn't wait to get out of here. And we can relay that to our own lives. You know, there's seasons in my life I wish I could just camp, sit down, say, this is good, life cannot get any better and I ain't moving. And then there have been other seasons, it's like, just get me out of here, get me out of here now. Like, will these kids ever be toilet trained? (laughs) Actually, I can't even say that, Janet, oh no, I did toilet train Bailey, Janet toilet trained the other two. (laughs) Because we were travelling a lot and I just timed trips very well. Anyway... Some stages in life we just love to camp around. You know, maybe there's a, a special night, you've got a special memory, a, a special job. Something happened, there's something that you go, you know what, if life could just stay like this, it would be sweet. Just me and the hubby, that's it. But then you'll have kids and you'll find that me, hubby and kids, that's it. You know what I'm saying? There are certain spheres and seasons of life we just go, you know what, I'm not moving. But if you want to have an enduring faith, we've got to be women who go, you know what, I'm going to keep moving forward. This is good, and I don't know what's ahead, other than it will be better, but I know that there will be ups and downs, but I want to be a woman who has enduring faith, long-suffering, there for the end, receive that which I hope for, that which I'm trusting for. We need to keep moving. Life happens 
in the present. And God's blessings happen there and in the future also. We've got to be women who stop living in the past. You cannot do anything about the past. Life happens now. Life happens there. All right? So just quickly, moving forward requires you to put yourself in a position that stretches you. Now, you girls have heard me say time and time again. Can you give me three more minutes? Time and time again. I didn't give you a chance to answer. I know. It's cool. I've got the microphone. No, three more minutes. You've heard me say time and time again, you know what? I'm just a girl who said yes to God. But I'm also a girl who just went, you know what? I'm going to put myself in a position so that I can be stretched. Because we're talking about how do I move forward? I need to put myself in a position that stretches me. Faith is like a muscle. When I, um, I don't have much of a uh, Bible, uh, what do you call it? Sunday school background because I got saved later in life. But at our old church before we planted, they used to sing that song, Faith is like a muscle. Use it and you will, it will grow. And it's so true. Because you know what? With a muscle, it grows by exercise. Every time you exercise, you break it, you stretch it, it repairs, it grows stronger. And each, the more you use it, the greater strength you get for each day and for each tomorrow. So I want to encourage you, just say yes and get involved. You're saying, okay, okay, how do I develop this enduring faith? Say yes and get involved. Be daring and don't give in to fear. Secondly, feed yourself. Remember, we're talking about how do we keep moving forward. Read your Bible. Read other study books. Listen to messages. Attend church. Attend home group, life group, um, youth group, right? whatever it is. Just immerse yourself in those things. We're talking about feeding yourself so that you're constantly moving forward. And then thirdly too, just accepting your circumstance. Now, I'm not saying give in to them because I, I, giving in to them just going, oh, well, this is it. It's for me, it's always going to be like that. Oh, no, I'm talking about accepting them. Don't deny they exist. There's nothing worse than the hyper faith that says, you know, you, you're bleeding, gash, flesh is hanging off. You're going, no, no, it's cool. It's just a scratch. It's like, it's ridiculous. Anyone can see that that's ridiculous. So I'm not talking about denying. I'm saying we don't live under the tyranny of whether it's my sickness or my, my health issues, my relational issues, whatever it is I'm wanting to see break. I'm not living under the tyranny of that, but I'm not, I'm not denying it exists. I think moving forward is about saying, you know what, this is my reality right now, but I'm not giving into it. This is where I am. This is what happens. Because I believe whatever God reveals, he heals. And he cannot heal us if we won't be honest enough to say, actually, that is where I'm at. Actually, this is what's happening. Oh, no, I'm not sick. It's like, well, God's going, well, I'm not going to come and heal you then because you're not sick. We all know you're sick, but you're saying I'm not sick. So you understand what I'm saying. Um, Don't deny they exist. Bring them before God. If your circumstances find you in God's will, you will find God in your circumstance. I'm amazed the amount of times when I just think, you know what, I, I don't get this, I don't know what, and then when you walk through it, you just go, you know what, I, I'm I can see what God did in that. If, you, if, if the circumstances find you in God's will, you will find God in your circumstances. I don't know how many times I've sat with girlfriends and said, you know what, I can't understand it, I don't know why this is happening, but you know what, God will use it and God will use you. And then to be able to sit after when it's been walked through and go, wow, I never saw that coming, God was there. I found God in my circumstances. And just thirdly, forgave. I think Sarah followed, Sarah moved forward, and Sarah forgave. I won't read it, but further on in uh, Genesis 12, so you can read it for yourself, just talks about as Moses and Sarah are moving through the desert. Now, she's beautiful. And there's this occasion where he's moving into Egypt, and how's this for a husband? He says to her, because you're beautiful... When we get into Egypt, 
Pharaoh's going to see you, he's going to kill me so he can have you as his wife, so say you're my sister. Which wasn't technically a lie because they were half brother and sister. Same uh, mother, different father, or other way around, whatever. So that's what, it, and that's exactly what happens. They get into Egypt. The Pharaoh see how good he is. They tell um, the princess see how good he, she is. They tell Pharaoh. He takes in. He looks after um, Abraham because it's sister and, and his blessing gives him all this wealth. But then what happens is judgment breaks out in Pharaoh's house, and all the women become barren, and there's all these tumors, and they're, so they're saying what's going on, and then they realize that God visits him in a dream and says that's because that's Abraham's wife, and so then he sends them away. Says why did you lie to me? And so. They sort of he sends them away, and I just think, you know what? What a woman! Because I know if I when I went back to my husband, I don't know how gracious I would have been. <laughs> you sent me to a harem to save your own neck, like thank you very much. But here's the thing: he twenty five years later, the idiot did it again. <laughs> he did it again, twice. I mean, what would you be like? Can you do you read the Bible like that? I just read the Bible like that. Say, thank you, Jesus. I'm not, I am just as stupid as these people. I've got hope. He did it again. He abandoned her. Same sort of deal. And she's in another harem and the same sort of issue happens. I know what, I believe for Sarah to have that enduring faith, she had to be a woman who knew how to forgive. To be able to go, you know what, hon? I would have rather you'd been the knight in shining armor and just lashed out and you're, I'm your, I would die for you, honey. Didn't kind of play out that way. But you know what? She forgave him. She got over herself. Forgiveness requires being honest. Actually, you know what? I'm hurt. Hey, you know what? That, I didn't like that. Hey, you know what? Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Keep daily accounts. So, okay, this is where I'm at. Keep short accounts. You know what? You hurt me. I'm not going to let that go for six months. I'm going to see you tomorrow and say, you know what? You may not have meant to. It's not even your problem. It's mine because it's the way I've responded. Even if you did mean to, it's, I'm carrying the hurt. Because unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. And yet many of us live that way. We drink the poison, how it works out into our life, and we're sitting there waiting. Why isn't she dying? Actually, why is she so happy? Why am I miserable and this and that? And she's happy and she's clueless as to what, because she is clueless as to what's going on because it's your issue. All right? Be honest, deal daily, keep short accounts, ask God to forgive you, and then obviously ask God to help you. Sarah is an amazing example of enduring faith. But like I said in the beginning, take heart. Because you know what? She wasn't perfect. Just quickly, Sarah was impatient. I mean, I think 60 years of wanting to have a child gives you kind of leeway. She was impatient. That's how Ishmael came about. She gave Abraham her maidservant so he would sleep with her. He would have a son via her. She was impatient and it caused her a lot of grief. You know what? She actually doubted. Again, if you do the study for yourself in chapter 17, when the visitors come to speak to Abraham and say, this time next year your wife will have a son, Sarah laughs. She's like, you know, and that laugh, is she's, you know, she's 89 now, and she's like, like now when I'm finished, you're going to come and great. And she comes to give them the meal, and they say to her, why did you laugh? And you know what else she does now? So there's not any doubts. So you know what she does? She lies. She goes, I didn't laugh. And I love it when you read it. He goes, yes, you did. And I think, man, how many times have you been in that position? You go, I know, and you think you got away with it. And they go, yes, you did. I mean, how many times have people just called you on your bluff? She's like, no, 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 not really. I was like, it's God. He knows you laughed. (laughs) She laughed. She hated Ishmael. I mean, again, if you follow through, so she's, you know. But, 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 in Hebrews 11, 
she is listed in that genealogy of the heroes of the faith. After all that, in Hebrews 11, 11, she's listed as a hero of the faith. Does that not give you hope? That gives me hope today. I think, oh, I mean, I don't even measure up into anywhere in there, probably with all the negatives, yes. (laughs) But I think that gives me hope. Here she is. She wasn't perfect, but she's listed in the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. Faith is what faith does. And I want to leave you tonight just a reminder. We want to be women who faith, being certain of what we hope for, sure of what we haven't seen, that which God has spoken to me, whether it be my health, whether it be my relationships, whether it be over my kids, my, um, my marriage, whether it be over uh, my life choice, whether single girls, whether it's your partner, what God has spoken and promised to you, let's be women of enduring faith. Let's be women who have long suffering and say, God, I believe without wavering, without not, I'll have my ups and downs, but I'm holding on to the end because I want to stand as Sarah, I want to be in that hero of faith. And by doing that, and the way we're going to do that is we need to follow, we need to move forward, and we need to forgive. And I can, I'll leave you with this. 1 Peter 3.6 says, You are Sarah's daughter if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Can I pray for you tonight? We're going to close with this. I just want to pray that you don't give way to fear. That whatever God has spoken to you tonight about doing, whether it's, you know what, my followership has not been great. I've been following friends' opinions. I've been following a different worldview. I've been following this where I know that the Holy Spirit has been saying to me, actually, you know what, this is what I need to be doing. Or maybe you just haven't, you just, you're stuck. But I'm camped here. I'm comfortable. I like it. I really, I'm scared of if I move, it may be worse. You know what, it may be. But it could be a whole lot better. Or maybe you're sitting there going, yeah, but I'm, a, I'm afraid to forgive because I'm afraid of what it might unleash within me. I just want to be able to pray. So if, you, if you're comfortable, I'm going to ask, if you just close your eyes and bow your head, I'm going to pray for you tonight. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be uh, God's girls together. We thank you for just the time of in the cafe where we just can connect and get to uh, know one another, where we can even minister over coffee and cake just by encouraging one another. And I thank you for these women that are seated here. We thank you for the Sarah spirit that resides here, women who are wanting to say, you know, God, the promises you have for me, the things that I see in my life, I want to be able to receive them. And by doing that, I want to be able to have an enduring faith. I pray for each and every one of these women here, wherever they find themselves, whatever you're highlighting to them in their life, if it's about their followership, if it's about their moving forward, if it's about forgiveness, I ask Jesus that you would just come and give them the strength to be able to do that which you're speaking to them about, that they wouldn't be afraid, God. Your word says that perfect love casts out all fear. And we just pray that your love would just cast out any fear of moving on, any fear of forgiving, any fear of what might come, any fear of what might happen if I follow, if I surrender uh, my will and my ways, if I give the reins over, if I'm out of control. We just stand against that fear and just ask, Holy Spirit, you come and just presence yourself amongst these girls. I thank you for 2011. We look forward to great testimonies of you doing great things in the lives of these women. We look forward to hearing about healings, how uh, we've received healings 
from your hand. We look forward about restoration of relationships. We look forward about life partners coming. We just want to be able to share in the promises that you have for each and every one of these women seated here tonight. I pray your blessing upon them. May they move out of this place in your grace with a knowledge and a wonder of you and that God, as they move out in, they just be a great witness as Sarah was to you about enduring faith, long-suffering, persevering, but promise-inheriting faith. Bless these women in your wonderful name. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.